Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, episode 103. Woohoo! The one with the giant bird. The one with the birds! Yep. Hopefully, find just one. out if it's actually in her. Is Jessica right? Don't know. We're about to find out. It's actually just a million birds in a single bird costume. Just a big <laughs> bird suit full of birds. That'd be kind of terrifying. Yeah, yep. I wouldn't like that at all. It's just 82 bird swarms in a single. God <laughs> gracious. The birds. It's just like Alfred Hitchcock told us it would be. I know. This is going to be an Alfred Hitchcock's Presents episode. I can't do an Alfred Hitchcock impersonation otherwise I would. Me either. Me neither. Yeah, I can't do one. So, when last we had left our heroes, our doorkeepers, as I guess some people still call them. There's only two of us now at this point. Yeah. That's true. They're dropping like flies. Actually, one of them left. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> she's dropping others like flies. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what she's doing? I know. Something awesome. The heroes had continued their way into the desert after having defeated the Singing Storm, the Bahir guardian of the southern parched dunes. It wasn't really a guardian so much as menace. Probably more of a self-appointed guardian, yeah. but nobody really wanted him there. He's like, this is my place. I'm not sure if he's a guardian if he's sitting there basically like hoarding all of the resources for himself. He's, he's guarding his stuff. Yeah, he's guarding his stuff. He's the guardian because there's literally nobody else there. It's just him. Technically true. Yeah. The party had, uh, after having defeated this draconic-like being, made their way north into the Badlands. Having left Falto and the rest of the caravan behind, they'd set off on their own, exploring out into the uh, the desolate rocky wastes here, a, a maze of valleys full of uh, jagged rubble and sand-strewn passages. Generally speaking, a very unpleasant place to be. <laughs> I, for some reason, my brain just keeps going back to the ambush scene with Luke on Tatooine when the sand people come out and then they oh, club yeah. him over the head. Anyway. That's not a bad one. Weird. Yeah. Alrighty then. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what my mic is. So, if you need a visual picture, imagine that portion, except for Obi-Wan's not going to just, like, come walking over a thing. Or Old Ben, sorry, he had that amazing name. <laughs> I was going to say, nobody, nobody ever thought that he was Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi can't be Old Ben Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because he didn't change his last name. It's like, dude, change your last name. The last least. name's important. Maybe, maybe Kenobi's a really common last name, like Smith. I mean, it could have been, but you know, it was probably like George Lucas had no idea what direction he was going to go with this, and he'd be like, you know. And then somebody pointed out, like, dude, but the same last name. He's like, nah. Nobody will think about it. Whatever. Luke's last name was originally supposed to be Starkiller, and that would have been awesome. <laughs> anyway. So. Weird. Yeah. The heroes having uh, explored here, Sudi, up high on a ridge, looking out over this, had seen a, uh, a large spire, a spike. I think I was a little vague on its exact height. Uh, you said like 300. Three, yeah. Yeah. 340 feet high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a boat on it. Yeah. yeah. There's a boat impelled on the top of it. And a bird on a boat. And a bird on a boat. There's a spike with a bird and a boat. I wanted to go to the boat, but then there was a bird on the boat. So, yeah, I suppose as we pick back up, continuing on our story, Sudi, you stand here on the uh, the top of this ridge, your compatriots down off towards your left-hand side, navigating their way through the valley, except for an armor who's up here with you. Keep an eye on you, being safe. Stretched around you are the, the rocky, craggy badlands that surround you in every direction. Uh, as a side note, I believe Masika can create water, yes? Yes. Okay. Uh, you have all burned through three days worth of rations, except for Sudi. Yeah, boy, one more day and I'll have burned through one whole ration. Yeah. So, yeah, you are having to feed yourselves. Why are you looking at me like that, Heather? Did you not buy rations? I think I have rations. <laughs> I have 110 please, rations. Please have rations. 
that I think I borrowed I money questions. from someone. But <laughs> I think you borrowed money from Sudi. When in doubt, Sudi is the party oh, okay. bank, apparently. No, because it was she borrowed Citra. it from me this time. Oh, she's hitting up the other people now. I'm doing that thing that wizards do where they spend all of their money and then they just put the rest into magical ink in case they find other spells. She's too smart to worry about mundane things like food. Money? I was just <laughs> saying, you're also, you're also too busy spending money on new powers to think about your financial security. But with yeah. one more spell, I might have the spell that saves us all. Right. That's true. That is the problem with being a wizard. Mm-hmm. So uh, the sun sets far off on the western horizon, painting brilliant shades of red and gold and orange across the uh, otherwise cloudless sky. The first star is beginning to peek out off towards the east. Cold breeze comes in off of the uh, the desert, the first sign of the encroaching night. As Sudi, you stand here staring up towards the massive avian that perches high up atop its peak. I've got good news. Sudi like looks over and like calls down. What are you looking at? I think I found the rock thing. You found a rock? Sudi, this whole place has rocks. I found one that looks like a turtle. No, the bird rock. I haven't found one that looks like a bird. There's a rock? We never talked about no rock. We talked about a big old bird. <laughs> one second. Good news. I found the big bird. Sudi starts climbing down because he's frustrated with Hollis right now. <laughs> hey, Sudi, what's your knowledge nature? Do you know anything about rocks? Would you even know that word? That's, yeah, what, I'm pointing that's out. what we were told it was. No, we no you were just told it was a giant bird. Oh, you've never rock. been. Yeah, Jess, Jessica's been saying rock since the very beginning. But. Is, that, is, that, is that good news? You found? Is he yellow? <laughs> really? <laughs> Don't look so pleased with yourself. I'm very pleased. I thought of that joke exactly <laughs> no. when I said Big Bird. You beat me to it because I was about to be. I thought of that joke too, but I was going to be bigger than that. I also thought of that joke, but I thought we were all better than that. Exactly. <laughs> no, Jessica made no, no claims. <laughs> Jessica, like Terry Cruz, I speak in third person. <laughs> like Terry Cruz, I also go for the low hanging fruit. <laughs> I do, and it's great, and you love me for it. Gracious. So, are, are we glad we found the Big Bird? Were we looking for the Big Bird? I think, I think the bird's Sudi friends starts, with Tadasura. Sudi starts climbing back down. Wait, did he see you? No, actually, I don't think he saw me. I'm not sure how far that bird can see. Oh, uh, by the way, he's on this giant, like, spiky pillar thing that's a, got a boat on it. I want to see. There's a boat? Like a legitimate, like, river boat. What the, what the? But it's, like, impaled on this spike, and then the bird's on top of it. I could go investigate. No. I, I want to see. I want to see it. How do we climb or whatever this area? Uh, you make a climb check. Is it hard? Did Sudi tie off a rope for us? Why would I have done that? I mean, I because can cast fly, but... I mean, I can go back up there and put one on, but... I would like to climb a rope up there because, I mean, I could cast fly, but it might be a waste. Well, fine. Sudi will climb back up there, find a turtle-shaped rock, and tie a rope around <laughs> it. <laughs> you might want one of the bigger ones, like the tortoise-shaped one there. Sure, thanks, Narmer. Mm-hmm. He's very helpful. So he ties off the on the tortoise shaped one instead. <laughs> Hollis climbs and then holds the rope. Uh, Complains the, about it the whole time, really. Yeah, with the rope next to a wall, it's a DC five. I can do that, taking ten. Yeah, so can I. As well, I. So can I. <laughs> As well can I. <laughs> As well can I. As well can I. Grammar. I know. I freaking uh, Yoda grammar it. over here. Can we see the bird now? Clambering your way up to the top here. Go ahead and uh, have everyone make me a perception roll. Oh, I'm never gonna see the bird. I got a 12. I got a 22. You already know where the bird is. That's a good roll. But I was looking to see if there was anything I might have missed. Uh, I roll a perfect 20 for a 27. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, I rolled a 17 for a 30. Also nice. Okay. 
looking up there first off you know, Sudi's pointing this out so all of you can see where this is it's not oh, like okay. you can it's not like you can miss the spire okay cool from this range especially as the sun's beginning to set who all here by the way has low light vision i have low light and dark i have low light vision i just have dark vision i'm human okay um, <laughs> sucks to be you so you know Sudi, the birds there masika and citra both of you obviously make the perception check and can see it up there just perched and waiting for Hollis, you can see it. You can't make out the level of like detail that Sudi and everyone else is capable of. You know, its individual plumage and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. You know, the, the colors of its uh, feather colors across its chest are. You can make out the shape of the bird. Hmm. Although from this range, it's again, that could be a bird-shaped rock. But every once mm-hmm. in a while, you see it kind of shift or move. Ah. But yeah, you can, you can pick it out. You guys are about a quarter of a mile away from it right now. Should we wave? I don't think it can see us from that far away. I mean, it's a bird. They usually have really good vision, don't they? Uh, no. Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge nature. I'm going to have uh, Sugar help me. She does. I needed a lot of help, so I'm probably not going to be great at this. I get a 17. Hmm. I, I don't have two. that. I roll an 11 for a 30. Yay! <laughs> All right. So just Masika. Uh, Hollis. Hmm. Yeah, you can, well, and you can't really make yeah. out much detail, so you're just like, eh, I mean, it's not on fire, so it's probably not a phoenix. Eh, big bird. Um, like, are phoenixes always on fire? I can't remember. Also, phoenix is like a challenge rating, I don't know, 18 or something. They're ridiculous. For Masika, this seems to be a breed of rock. An immense raptor of towering size. They're legendary birds renowned for their ability to carry off elephants. Wow. And other big animals. Uh, the typical rock is about only about 30 feet long from the, uh, the beak to its tail. Only. Uh, Only, yeah. But it has about an 80-foot wingspan and can weigh up to 8,000 pounds. Holy cow. 8,000 pounds and it flies? Magic. Yep. Man, this thing uh, is like... No, they're not even magical. They're well, just animals. I just mean... <laughs> so this thing is like the, magic the size fingers. of a small plane with lifting capacity of like a freaking military plane. jet. <laughs> no, a military jet. Like it, it, It's better than mm-hmm. a regular plane. That's nuts. Uh, you know that while their beaks are hooked and designed for slashing and tearing, most rocks prefer to seize prey with their massive claw talons and drop them from great heights before feasting on their shattered remains. It definitely grabbed that boat. <laughs> oh, so it, it, so it is a shrike hunter type thing. Sort of. Uh, for this reason, they are often followed by flocks of scavengers uh, like rooks, buzzards, and eagles hoping to steal portions of the rock's messy mills. The rock generally ignores such opportunities, but if the scavengers don't take care, they nevertheless may find themselves accidentally consumed by the feeding rock. Uh, rocks are equally comfortable over land and sea, while they are capable of sleeping in the air as they soar slowly, <laughs> solo across great ranges in search of food. What? They return home to their mountains to roost and procreate. They prefer rocky crags that are completely inaccessible by terrestrial means, building vast nests of tree trunks and ruined masonry. Once a decade, a mated pair will lay a clutch of three to five eggs and raise its young. Outside of mating, roxes are extremely antisocial and may attack others of their kind in vicious aerial battles in order to establish their territorial boundaries. When a nest contains eggs or chicks, parents trade off their long-ranging flights, with one restricting its wanderings to within about a 10-mile radius. Uh, with a 30, you may ask two questions pertaining towards the rock. Is it Mirahute? <laughs> They're like albatross. They can fly over the ocean for like days and days. Um, cool. Are they intelligent? Do they talk? No, they have standard bird intelligence. Oh, okay. So it's just a big bird. <gasps> yep. Sugar, you got to talk to the rock carefully so it doesn't eat you. 
I was going to say, that's a very dangerous proposition that you're putting me up against. Well, I'm not going to put you out. I'm just, you will be here, but you will be the voice. I mean, I could communicate with it. We got to get it over here first. Nicely. I mean, what, so... What are you talking to Sugar about? Oh, Sugar can talk to a bird. Oh. Can the bird talk to us, or is it like a bird-to-bird situation? It's a, it's a bird. I mean, it's just a big bird. A big, very dangerous, carnivorous bird. Does it have both its eyes? Does it have a weird symbol on one of them? What? Yeah, did you see that from this distance? <laughs> yes, he did. No, he didn't. He had just he, one he eye was that just, was blind. He was blind in one Fine. eye. Fine. Does he have both his eyes? I can't. What? I mean, we can't see that. That's like a really far distance away. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't think that smile and hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the coloration isn't quite right. Well, I can't see no colors. He just looks like shadowy to me. So what are the I think as an animal, I also have low light vision. Yes, true. And I probably have a higher perception roll than you. Go ahead you and roll. You definitely do. I will do it. <laughs> she only got like a 13 on her <laughs> perception. She was in a bag. Um, so their special attacks are pick you up and drop you? Basically. Nope, it's an animal. It has no special attacks. Yeah. Uh, you. Uh, here, I'll give you this. You know that it would have uh, two talons and a bite attack. In addition to that, it basically has a really good grapple check. All right. Is there anything else, really, that I need to, that would be unique about this? Um, it may be pertinent to this, but uh, it does have flyby tech. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Cyrus. So, yeah, it'll fly down, grab you, and then fly away with so you. So let's, let's try not to tick it off, is what I'm, I'm hearing. But we Can know that somebody said at some point, I don't remember who, that Tedesura was known to associate with this big bird. Well, that, was that all that we knew about the bird? I don't know. That, that was it. That Well, they avoid this area because the bird is territorial. It will attack camels, but has never attacked a person, mm-hmm. preferring to take the camels. Um, and that they believed that the sphinx had some sort of connection to the bird. And we, okay. and Although that could... And the bird's sacred to Horus, obviously. And that the bird is sacred to Horus, but that might just be because it's a falcon. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's also quite possible that the only connection that Tedesura has to it is that it's an extraordinarily large animal and she's a druid. That's true. So could be her familiar, or her animal companion. Or it could just be an animal that lives in the area that she likes. That's true. Either one. But if we could talk to it, it would probably know where to find her. And we could talk to it through sugar if we could get close enough. Narmer could, like, fly sugar over. No, no, That no. sounds like an awful Too idea. dangerous. <laughs> Very dangerous. I'm pretty fashed. It's probably way faster. Um, Although falcons on the wing are the fastest single creature in the entirety of the world. <laughs> I don't think you're that fast. No, I'm closer to, like, cheetah speed. I mean, the report that we heard was that it just doesn't attack people. I mean, it takes camels. But then again, none of us have ever tried to stop the giant bird from taking said camels. We could just try to get close and see... How do we get close? I mean, I can cast a fly spell. Well, we don't necessarily have to go up to the spire there. We can get onto one of the top of the mesas that's nearer to it. And what, send some kind of signal? I mean, if it sees us, it might just come over naturally. Is Keep it curious. We could have Sugar yell real loud. That's one option. Could we offer it anything? I mean, we don't have any food that would feed something that big. Just trying to not unless we want to go back for one of the camels. No! We're not going to kill We're definitely camel. not doing that. Oh. We what? should have dragged that boule carcass with us. Boule? Oh, sorry. Not be here. Hmm. Mm. I was thinking about when Mashika and I fought a boule two years ago. Oh, really? That's interesting. I sometimes get things mixed up. Mm. We did fight a boule. 
Noble boule. Anywho. Anyways, I mean, it doesn't sound like from the description you gave us that it would be smart enough to know we're trying to parlay with it and not that we're signaling that we're lunch. <laughs> it is just a big bird. I guess it just depends on sugar's ability to communicate with it. Anybody have any really nice spells that help with animals? I don't have any because that's not really my bag. Absolutely not. Because <laughs> I don't do magic, really. Can I grant those sort of spells? You don't... I mean, I think Shaman have some witch stuff that probably... I like the idea that Narmer is secretly just a deity that's just finding this entire thing hilarious, and he <laughs> does actually grant you the spells. I'm secretly triune. <laughs> no, that would actually be hilarious. I don't know. Maybe this is all just a red herring, but it feels like something. I could get Calm Animal... I mean, that would help if we got into a bind. Is this the kind of uh, valley situation where your voice would carry really far? Down inside of the valley, probably. But mm-hmm. it's on top of a spire that's four, like 350 feet up, basically. So is this a naturally occurring spire? It looks like a naturally occurring spire. Oh, okay. It just looks like some stonework that occurred through erosion over the centuries. Okay. I do not get speak with animal. Sad. Looking out, uh, do we see any like large animals that we could like hunt and then offer it? I mean, you could spend a, a while going eh. out and trying to hunt and find food. Eh. Halt isn't good at that. We'll go try to chase down a boule. Maybe um, no. maybe we just keep looking for Tedasura and let the rock do its thing. I'm kind of leaning towards that plan as well. But I want to know how that ship got up there. Probably it looks like it, it put it there. But from where? From a river nearby? That's a big ship. Well, apparently they, they go very far on the trips. Mm. It also would be could be a very interesting thing to use to make a nest, right? Right, I agree. So you drop this thing, you make it the nest, and then there's probably young chicks, which means we're not going to want to go anywhere near it because it'll be even more protective. Not to mention there's probably two of them. And that. Well, did you and see that. this thing? Was this thing sitting here the whole time? I mean, it flew in, but like... Well, then there's not two of them because one would have stayed with the chicks. No, sometimes they still venture out. Oh, both of them at the same time? Yeah. Well, that just seems like bad parenting. <laughs> I mean, what other creature could get up there besides maybe another bird? Many other birds. Yeah, but their chicks are probably the size of other birds. Their eggs are defenseless. I don't know that. A dragon could get up there. If there was a dragon out here. Or a sphinx. Or a bee person, if bee people can fly. Apparently they just have big butts. And they cannot they fly. Have wings. <laughs> they do have wings. Never mind, they fly. Well, fine, we'll leave it alone, but I still think it'd be fun to talk to. Well, if it tries to come eat us, Sugar can talk to it. Or try to. Hmm. All right. Does she have a strategy? I mean, Sugar's just very nice. Most people and animals like her. I'll just speak to her politely. Yep, she's going to use her manners. Maybe let her know about that Bahir carcass sitting out in the sun for Mm -hmm. her to go and scavenge off of. Ah, yes. Tell him about the Bahir carcass is what she says. Although, assuming that she's something like on her, or he, whichever, on her it had a wide range of... Hunting, he would tell me about. Hmm. He'd travel far and wide to go and get uh, lizards, mostly. Mm. Mm. He did love those lizards. More likely than not, they would have gone all the way out to get that Bahia carcass by now. Hmm. If they were traveling that far out to hunt. Interesting. Must be staying someplace close around here. What's interesting? Well, they fly real far to get their food. I mean, this is what Sugar said. Um, Buck, buck. And, uh... If it had seen that Bahia caucus, it would have just gone and got it, but it hasn't. They stay so closer when there's young. Maybe there are some young. Which would imply that there are two of them. Oh, and maybe the second one's around. probably shouldn't get anywhere near it. 
It would also, like she said, mean that they're more protective. Maybe we steer clear and continue our search for Teddy Sir. Seems like an omen. Not a good one. Mm, I don't know. New life and whatnot. Mm. And Horace. Horace was cool for us for a while, for a long time. Well, for like a couple weeks for me, I guess. If it doesn't attack, I will agree with you. All right. <laughs> well, it's had a long time to come over here and eat one of us, and it hasn't. <laughs> We're just standing on a mesa. Are you planning on setting up camp up on top of the mesa? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Light a big bonfire. No. I, I like the idea that we set up the tiny hut, and then there's just a funk as this thing flies into it and tries to grab us. I do set up a tiny hut when we're back down on the ground somewhere that we like. Put your tent up top and just, you know, paint free buffet on the side of it. (laughs) (laughs) Next level, I'm going to learn Mage's Magnificent Mansion, and then we'll be sleeping in style. (laughs) That would be nice. Yes, with unseen Mm -hmm. servants to bring us drinks. We deserve this. (laughs) So I've been telling myself for however many years I've been studying this magic stuff. Be like staying at the palace again. Mm, I did like that, the grapes specifically. You stayed at a palace? Very briefly, but yes. For like, you know, seven days or something. Our compatriot um, caught the eye of the fan bearer of the pharaoh. Who was she in was Tefu and then investigating some tax irregularities. Shenanigans. That worked. But he was a smooth talker, so we got to stay at the palace. Mm-hmm. I suppose then. All of you rest up the evening. Sharing some fond stories of Mama Nafra and sitting in comfort at the palace. We set up watch, kind of. Sudi Definitely takes most of it. sitting, setting up watch, and Sudi does all but two Narmer hours. Narmer sits outside with you. I oh, never sleep. Boy. Except for two hours, Narmer actually has a friend at night now. Yeah, it's true. Poor Narmer. We can stare at the stars together and wonder about the mysteries of the universe. This is turning into that Colbert segment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sudi. What? Well, you didn't do it right. Anyway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the bits. So. Oh, sorry. I'll, we'll show you the bit later. Sorry, Shudi. I'll bring it up later. Okay, Narmer. Sudi returns to his meditations as he contemplates the mysteries of the universe and realizes Narmer has a point. <laughs> and that's scary. Hey, Shudi. Hey, I don't know Narmer? if it's going to help, but I surrounded you by a ring of turtle-looking rocks. Sudi, like, cracks his eye open, <laughs> looks down... There are like 50 of them around you. <laughs> I'm really stealthy. <laughs> That's nice, Narmer. How is this keeping me safe? Oh, it's not keeping you safe, but I thought turtles are meditative. Mm. You can be the turtle. Mm. Interesting thought process you have. You know, you can develop a turtle fighting style, which is mostly just <laughs> in there. <laughs> it is just <laughs> there. <laughs> just <laughs> There. Just sitting there. <laughs> sitting there. It's mostly just sitting there. Jesus. <laughs> you killed them. They're dead now. Okay, enjoy your turtles. Bye. Sudi contemplates the wisdom of total defense fighting techniques <laughs> for the rest of the night and never adopts it. Although actually snapping turtles are pretty cool. Um, um. They're very dangerous. He just works on snapping turtle style. Yep. <laughs> When someone tries to poke you, just just shoot your hand out and get their nose. <laughs> it's like this. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so next morning. We can't Man, be having I usually die and I'm not even laughing. We can't have such humor on this show, apparently. Next morning you wake up and Sudi's sitting there surrounded by mounds of rocks. 
I imagine they're like stacked up by size too. Like they're just little towers. Yep. Of frogs. Like, what else is Narmer gonna do? As soon as he's like, I'm not gonna chat with you all night. Like I got meditating to do. Hollis I, walks over and looks I at organize your him into little turtle families. What's this one's name? His name is Pete. What's this one's name? His name is also Pete. Are they all named Pete? Some of them are Petra. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Because some of them are girls. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, that's Pete Jr. Oh, because that's the family. Yeah, he's mm. smaller. I see. <laughs> that's Pete with two T's. Isn't, wouldn't that be Pet? No, he, he prefers Pete. Mm. Do you have any Pete's with two E's? Yeah, that's that's Pete with two E's, and that's Pete with two P's. Oh, oh, mm. one silent. I like that. Pope one Pete. silent. Yeah, <laughs> like Tetmanib. Like pterodactyl. Like pterodactyl too. Mm. It's just one P is silent on both of them. I have a really high knowledge nature because of uh, I technically share all the knowledge nature checks. Mm. So I know all about dinosaurs too because that's the weird way that knowledge nature works. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I half expected Sudi to get revenge on Citra and send Narmer to steal some of her stuff. <laughs> Next time. Sudi's a good boy. Sudi's not that vindictive. He's yeah, a lawful he boy. Nah, he's lawful. Hey, Sudi. I snuck into Citra's tent. Not right. I moved everything in there into the exact same position, but two inches off. <laughs> so she'll wake up and she won't be able to figure out what's wrong, but she'll know there's something wrong. It's ominous. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing mind games. <laughs> good God. It's like starting psychological torture <laughs> sessions on the party. <laughs> I'm basically going to just start doing all the fallout shelter things where I figure out like <laughs> weird scenarios to put everyone through and then just observe. He shares my alignment, which is neutral good, not chaotic machinations. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's chaotic <laughs> See, yeah, something. This is it's for the greater good, Judy. <laughs> Shh, keep it between us. You're, you're my rock brother. <laughs> <laughs> you had to invoke rock brotherhood. Uh, we're both made of some sort of mineral. Oh, you're not yet, but you're getting there. Narmer. Keep it up, buddy. Narmer. Mm-hmm. Are you bothering Sudi? Nope. We're friends. Sudi? He's fine. Don't you need to be irradiated? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll be back later, Sudi. Good luck on ascendancy. Thanks, Narmer. Sudi looks around like, what is he talking about? All right, you ready for your lesson? Well, yeah. All right. So Hollis sits with Sudi and does her lesson while you look at the son of Narmer's tummy. Now we have to, like, practice. Play. Yeah, and stuff, so. Work on your pratfalls. Citra's probably doing, like, a little mini workout and stretching and. <laughs> Trying to figure out what's wrong with her tent. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to do that around 2 a.m. here. Uh, so I suppose all of you uh, prepare yourselves to your morning routine of uh, yeah. reading from your spell book. Citra makes a survival check to see like if there's any tracks in her tent to find out if it is an armor. Uh, except he can fly, so you won't have to see those because he can just float around and move your stuff. Yeah, but, but if he has to touch anything, there might be like residue or something. He might have landed at some point. Okay, so you can make a survival check. Go ahead and make a survival check for an armor to have covered his tracks. Narmer gets a 21. I got a 32. Ha <laughs> ha! Citra knows immediately. There are a couple little, like, waddling footprints in here. <laughs> she decides to set her own trap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been learning from Falto. Oh, All right, you're a rogue. You got that stealth. You're going to set up, like, uh, <laughs> one of those little rope traps that he, like, goes and steps into and it flings him up. basket. <laughs> and he goes into a basket. It's just a giant magnet. Oh, it's not! <laughs> oh. It's mousetrap. It's just a really big game of mousetrap. <laughs> You I snuck in game? there and she was studying a book on Rube Goldberg. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's our obscure reference also. Anyway. 
All right, so I guess we continue our search for Teddy Sura. Or actually, we were going to the bee people and kind of meet. Oh, like, wait, looking. it's uh, the third day. I would have memorized this ending and let Falto know that we're still searching. Yes. Okay. Okay. He lets you know that nothing's really changed on their end. All right. You don't even need all 25 words. Mm-mm. The four of you set off. Sudi, I imagine keeping an eye back towards that spire once you're back up on the uh, the upper landing. Which I assume mean the bird is going and like roaming around. Uh, I mean, right now it's just perched up there. But then again, if it's something akin to, you know, an avian, it could feasibly gorge itself and then be good for a couple of days. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it is some sort of avian. It doesn't make any moves to stop all of you, however, but you imagine from its vantage, you all seem like ants. Great. As long as we can keep that up, we're going to be fine. From there, you set off and uh, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party as you continue your search in the desert. Eleven. Actually, I'm going to have Sugar help me. Sugar gets a perfect 20 to help me. I get a 13. Uh, 32 with a 19 for Sugar. Feels bad. Masika rolls a 9 for a 17. Narma rolls a 17 for a 23. I rolled a 3 for a 16 because apparently my dice look just... Sucks you know what? At least perception. you didn't waste. At least you didn't waste a perfect twenty on your familiar's age check. <laughs> That's true. That sucks. The four of you set off. It's another two days of travel as you make your way winding through the gullies. You eventually leave the site of that spire and its strange occupant behind, hoping that nothing terrible or bad will come of that. Uh, that makes me feel good. It's in the second day when you find when Sudi finds what could honestly just be considered a sad scene. You're on the upper landings. Ahead of you, you see just this culmination, this collection of of movement. Uh, As you move closer towards it, it seems almost like, at first, this black mass that you're far enough away that you don't seem to interrupt it. You kind of keep an eye on it, watching your companions below to try to determine what, in fact, it is. Until you realize that it's this collection of buzzards. Hmm. Okay... These seem to be perched on and around what looks to be the carcass or mostly skeletal remains until one of them flutters aside, revealing a massive beaked skull of an elephant-sized avian shattered upon the rocks. What? Oh, dang. His mate died, or her mate died. That's Their so sad. Their mate died. That's awful. We need to find out how. Yeah, because that would have been something huge to take that out. Let's go investigate. I imagine you can help your compatriots up. We won't go through that whole pull of blue. You toss some rope, you toss it down, they yeah, climb up. basically. Uh, you're not in a rush at this point. You make your way across. Uh, it's somewhat difficult going to make your way closer to this, this carcass. Many of the buzzards scatter as you approach closer, fluttering further away, eyeing you warily. A number of uh, smaller birds perch nearby. Mostly, you know, scavengers, crows along those lines. I think you suspiciously, you get the feeling that there haven't been a lot of other animals that have gotten to it, but whatever this thing is, it's been dead for probably the better part of maybe two weeks. It's mostly sun-baked and dried at this point, and a majority of its everything has been plucked clean. The wind occasionally picks up and blows past the feather that is oftentimes some three feet in length, which just tumble past you. Hey, sugar. Ask these here buzzards and crows if they know what happened to the bird. Hmm. Uh, go ahead and have Sugar make me a diplomacy check. Not the best roll I've ever rolled. The rest of the party may make a perception roll, by the way. She gets a 12. They don't uh, seem to know much of anything. They're just not going to pass up a free meal. 
Do they know where a sphinx is? No, and they say some particularly unpleasant things mm. about Rope. how plump I am. I shoe them and I kick at them with my foot. They squawk Sudi. at you angrily. Meanwhile, Sudi gets a uh, 28 on his perception roll. Narma and Masika both get 17s. Citra only rolled an 8 for a 21. Okay. So, Sudi, Sudi's killing it today on these perception rolls. Yeah, boy, which is weird because I've only got one eye. I should give him more eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I should prepare that spell. Give you a bunch of eyes. Masika, you kind of, you make your way up towards this, especially as a follower of the uh, the old gods and viewing the sacredness of this place. This is an animal of sacred importance to the tribes. No tribesman would have done this. You know, Citra, you kind of, you observe this and look this over. You don't immediately see anything on the body that makes it apparent exactly what's happened. Although, again, it's been out here so long, so many scavengers have been after it. Sudi, you walk around the outside edge. You kind of look around. With your foot, you kick aside some of the feathers you look past. One, two, three. Third one beneath it. This, there's no ash, there's no dust. But these spiraling scorch marks of snake-burned earth. Mmm... You've seen that before. What? They exploded. Yeah, so it, what, crushed some cultists and they exploded and killed it? Well, one of them's further away. One seemed to have fallen under it. Uh, One of them is uh, basically at the very edge of this this open platform. You see no sign of their masks, their weapon, their gear. Well, of course, yeah, they would have taken all of that. Well, mate, I have an idea about what killed it. Oh? There's scorch marks over here that we've seen before from the cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh. Oh, no. But what's, what would the cult have to gain from killing a creature such as this? If it attacked them. I mean, it could be a security thing for them. Maybe this creature got too close. Well, it doesn't... I mean, well, there's no remains of their masks or their gear, which means some of them are still out here. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not surprising. That's we normally they how they operate, yes. But if they're here, that means they're either going after the bee people the same way we are, or they've been looking for Tedesura as well. Nobody's heard from her. No. Of course we didn't expect to either. No, I meant the tribes people said nobody had heard from her in a while. And given how long ago we think that this creature perished, likely any tracks they would have had that would be long gone. Oh. Um. I don't know how it would work. You know, do voice of the city? But yeah, I could try the ears of the city thing here. It's not really Does that a work city. outside of a city? I don't know. Good question. You see in here, past stream, have seen some pieces of conversation related to the local people and events. And in essence, the target can attempt a diplomacy check to gather information as if you'd spent 1d4 hours talking to the local people. You couldn't make a diplomacy check out here, however, because there's no one to speak to. Yeah. yeah if you had, like, a local, like, tri- like, tribe or something, you could do that in their midst. Yep. I wonder if the other bird knows... I mean, I'm sure he knows what happened, or they know what happened, but if they know the body... Uh, is this close enough to where it would be within the range that they would normally go if they were protecting their chicks? Because I think you said it was, what, 10 miles? Yeah, I mean, you've traveled almost maybe 12, 15 miles from there, but it might have been visible from there. Maybe. Hmm. Depends on the visual acuity of that bird. Can I do a survival check just to see if I notice anything extra, like broken branches, stuff like that. Try to track the em. scene or something. You go full Batman on it? Try. Uh, out of curiosity, what's your survival modifier? Plus 14? You 
could try it. Which means it's very slim. It's extraordinarily slim, but... Come on, natural 20! Probably not. <laughs> I only got a 13, so it's 27. I mean, that's a good roll, but... Yeah. It's been two weeks, and it's hard rock. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I There wasn't outside of the realm of possibility, though, so... What did I need to roll? Uh, 33. Hmm. Yeah, so I needed to roll a 19 or higher. Yeah. <laughs> not outside of the realm of possibility. I don't know if Masika could... I mean, I have a 19, but... Roll so it. you'd only need a 14. Oh. Well, I say only. <laughs> yeah, no, I roll a 7. Oh. Yeah. Dang. No. Unfortunate. You have no idea how many people it's been. It's been at least two weeks. Well, this is sad. I do mm. get a 29 on a heal check. Can I tell how this thing died? Uh, looking over the body. And is it a boy bird or a girl bird? Uh, you definitely can't tell that in its current state. This one has wider birthing hips. I mean, I guess a possibility. You have to know a lot about the dimorphism of rocks. Probably would have a part of it, though. It would need a larger pelvis for the egg to get uh, Yeah, there. but you'd have to reassemble. Again, this has been being scavenged for two weeks, so a lot of the bones aren't quite together. No, you do find a number of, uh, on the underside of it, which is very difficult to get to, but you kind of have to press and shove your shoulder against it, a number of snapped off uh, remains of what look to be crossbow bolts. As a side note, these are fine uh, crossbow bolts with black fletching to them. For everyone except for Masika, you could recognize these as being almost identical to the bolts that you'd found whenever you'd slain the cultists in the House of Dead Palms. And I think they're also similar to the ones that we got shot with during the uh, the race. Almost identical. I pull out the half of a bolt I still have. Oh, you kept that? Oh. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, hey. The one here is somewhat rusted due to the uh, exposure of blood and elements for some time now. Well, I mean, this is additional proof, but like, same crossbow bolts. These cultists destroy everything. The problem is this doesn't give us any clues on how to go after them. Why kill a bird? Why? Is there, are there any spells or rituals that would require like a a rock feather or no but I will let everyone except for Masika make an intelligence roll and I'll give a plus four bonus to Hollis hey. not that she needs a bonus on an intelligence roll Oh, she rolls real good I rolled real not I rolled real not I rolled a 15 for a 21 plus four 25 I rolled a 7 for a 7 I rolled a 3 for a 5 here's a secret message for you Jessica oh what She's had an epiphany. Kabek likes to ensorcel big, scary allies. But I imagine if that ally was not to be ensorcelled and was instead mad about it, you might have to kill it. Oh, you don't think he tried to actually charm this thing? I mean, we fought a hero sphinx that he had charmed. We fought a Medusa he had charmed. That is his track record. Why wouldn't you want a big old bird out here to if watch over and stuff? You would be able to watch over and it would be very intimidating to anybody that tried to get too close. Not to mention transport. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And I bet it was difficult because, what do you bet, there are baby birds up there trying to <laughs> charm a mother? <laughs> or father, we or don't know. Or father? Either one. There are a lot of problems that can come out of asking somebody to do something against their nature when you're trying to enchant them. Mm-hmm. Ugh. You don't think it actually he actually tried to get it to kill its mate? No, but trying to get it to leave in the middle of having babies up there? Uh, that might count. Having it abandon its family? That's not something that sounds like these kind of animals would do. 
And if Tedesura is friends with these birds, trying to get them to attack her or tell them where she is or... That's true. Attack the tribe. <sighs> what the waste. Just senseless violence at that point. I want these people out of my desert. Well, I would like them off it. the face of this here earth. Personally. They're definitely a blight on this whole country. Everything they've touched has turned to ash. Is there anything we can do to keep it from being scavenged even more? I know it's not exactly the way Osiriani people do it, but we could burn it. The ashes would return to the sky. The that smoke would create a lot of smoke if there are yep. cultists out here. Yeah, let them know exactly where we are. I mean, the other option would be to bury it, but... This is a lot of bones to bury, and I don't know if we have the time. Exactly. Also, not to be cruel or anything, but these other birds probably have families of their own to feed. It's true. It's part of the natural order. These birds are very rude, though. <laughs> they are very rude to sugar. Hey, birds, don't be rude to sugar. She's like, a nice, upstanding lady. It's true. Just imagining him, like, shaking his flipper and, like, uh, you dirty birds. You can't outfly me. I never tire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find where you live. All right. Well, let's, uh, I feel like it is more imperative to find Tedesura now. Yes. Mashika. What? We also aren't far from the bee peoples. That's true. And he would want allies, and he would want to ensorcel them the way he does everything. I mean, does he have enough but power? But they would to try to ensorcel him back. Oh, it'd be a sorcerer fight. That would be very interesting. Like they do, we find him and he's been ensorcelled himself. Ensorcelception. It is more likely he would do such a thing with Tedesura. He would definitely try. She's a powerful magic user. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like this guy that you're after, it sounds like he got a sphinx before. Yeah. Uh, oh, one of the dumber ones. He charmed the hero sphinx. They're like big, dumb brutes. So he was a good guy? A Haraco Sphinx. Oh, okay. Uh, Kind of like a male Sphinx. Okay. Either way, it was still very dangerous. He's Mm. got a bird theme going on. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, you said we're close to the the bee people? Yes, it's just not... It's a little bit further north. Well, let's stop in with them. Yeah, it might behoove us to at least give them a warning. Yeah, I hope they're okay. Because... I mean... Everyone in the desert knows to be on guard for the cultists, but it would be nice to let them know that they're this close. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what they're capable of, because clearly they were able to take this creature down. Well, perhaps they also would know where Tedesura is. Maybe. All right, well, let's let's uh, shake a leg. What? It means let's go. Okay. Why wouldn't you just say let's go? Because idioms are fun. Sometimes you got to spice it up a little bit. Keep it fresh. <laughs> But that idiom doesn't make any sense. If I shake my leg, I'm not going anywhere. If you shake both of them, you're running. <laughs> I mean, only if I'm shaking them in a very specific way. Shaking, shaking. You put your Sorry. I know that song. I don't. <laughs> it's it's called this, uh, what is it, Wonka Wonka? What's it called? <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Okay, I suppose you guys head off. <laughs> yes, <laughs> save us, please. Masika... Uh, um, says a prayer to Horus over this bird before we depart. And then does the hokey pokey. Yes. <laughs> Hollis tilts her hat, sadly. And uh, then I guess we go. Prayers to Nathus. Or not Nathus, to Phrasma. That'd be weird. I think Citra probably joins the procession and says a prayer to Osiris. Nathus wouldn't really care about this, so I just tilted my hat. That's fine. Kay. Everyone has their way. He was a magical beast, maybe, but he was kind of a weird guy. Anyway. A lot of you head off travel through the rest of that day, rest of that evening. 
wake up and begin to travel again the following day. You make your way northwest. I definitely mage armor every morning, for sure, now that I think cultists are near. Okay. That'll last you for about nine hours. Yeah, that's most of the day. But I didn't know if you wanted to prepare a second one and cover all 18 or, or you know, 18 of the 24. Mm, yeah, I will. Okay. You have quick study, so if you want to, you just be like, give me 15 minutes at the middle of the day and change yeah. out. You honestly are only traveling for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. The heat of the day hasn't really even begun to pick up at this point. When, Sudi, you're the first to see it. Ahead of you, the platform opens up some. And there you can see this this mound sitting up on the rocks. As you begin to approach a little closer towards it, Sudi, you can see this this large, vaguely hexagonal-shaped mound atop a stone outcropping that juts out from the Badlands. You're at the northernmost edge of the Badlands now, which overlooks this vast expanse, this sea of sand, which stretches for some distance ahead. You guess this is what you're looking for. I mean, this is as close as it probably can get. That looks like a beehive. Any idea how we knock? Oh, you, we can just approach. As long as we don't look threatening, we should be greeted. All right. All right. They're usually fairly amicable. Oh, we can get some honey. I am down <laughs> for honey. Honey. Is that honey, like, especially good? I mean, it's honey. Honey's good. It's the only honey I've ever had, so I can't tell you if it's any different than honey you get in the city. I mean, the honey we get in the city comes from bees, but they're like little bitty bees. I think these bee people probably raise bees. Oh, so it's not coming from them. No, it comes from them. Oh, yeah, because there would be no flowers or anything. How about Cactus? I have questions. Cactus flowers. But we didn't see... Did we see cactuses? I mean, you passed a number of uh, various cactuses, mostly pesh plants that kind of grow around there, but... Oh. Hollis thinks about that for a little too long. Thinking about lighting up... I mean, it's been a hard year. (laughs) This is probably like pesh honey. It's been a hard 10 years for Hollis. Her friends are all gone, corrupted by the cult. Some are dead. Some are dead. Some are possessed. One's fine, but he's not even near here. I've made new friends and some of them are dying too. Yeah. I mean, pesh is the... I'm forlorn. The very least. (laughs) You're forlorn at 17. I'll oh, you yeah. go ahead and roll me a uh, sense motive check. Oh. I don't like when we're rolling sense motive. Uh-oh, I roll bad. Okay, I rolled not Didn't bad. Roll great. I rolled real bad, and I got a six, because I rolled a three. I rolled a 16 and got a 22. Nice. I roll an eight for a uh, 15. Rolled a seven for a 20. Why is Sudi doing so well on these rolls, man? He stole He's my luck desert. Stole your luck, and also I'm paranoid I'm going to be turned into a bee papa. <laughs> call me you always like focus on one weird, uh, like obsessive thing for everywhere we go. Like Tefu, you were convinced you were going to get yep. mugged. Yep. Now you're convinced you're going to be turned into a little bee harem. Okay, my <laughs> one person being a whole harem is weird. My favorite thing from the subreddit that I've ever seen. Well, that's not that's an exaggeration. Whatever is. Somebody was like, I love it when they call me B-Papa, is what they thought of when I said B-Papa. Yep. I have no idea what that's from. I read oh, that comment. It's a, it's a song. Mm. I love it when they call me Big Papa. It's like a... Throw your hands in the air uh, if you're a true player. Yeah. It's, 90s rap. Yeah, 90s uh, rap. How do y'all not know this? <laughs> it's quiet as you approach, Sudi. Too quiet. You kind of, you walk forward, you look at the structure... 
scars mark the outside mm. of this hive. Oh, oh come on. Burn marks, mm. damage. I hate them out. Acid pitting. Signs of some sort of struggle, perhaps of a magical nature, and vast scorch marks, as if some sort of fire had rained down from the heavens and scorched the earth. Kind of like if an aurora borealis was suddenly shooting fire down from the sky? Yeah, potentially. Oh, great. There, there aren't any signs of bodies. Oh, no. And as you begin to approach closer, though, you do hear coming from closer to the hive this humming buzzing. Of angry bee people? A single figure steps out, strides forth this this tall, elegant half-woman, half-bee. She holds a glaive and is clad in a flowing, gauzy garment which wraps around her. Avel covers most of her face, revealing only seductive and unnaturally beautiful eyes that stare at you hauntingly from beyond them. I don't like this. The woman is flanked on either side by what appear to be two other creatures, two other women with the upper bodies of women and the lower bodies of a bee. Both of them with longbows drawn as they step out flanking on either side of her. Go ahead and uh, put up my hands. Go ahead and give me a will save from the party. Uh. Knew it. All right. Well. Perfect 20, baby. Oh, perfect 20, baby. Yeah. yeah. Perfect 20, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Quadruple 20, baby. You people are freaking ridiculous. Oh, it was recorded. You would never believe it if we told you, but it was recorded. Look! Holy shit! This is that meme of the guy that's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) How do we even try with you people? Oh, man. 28. So, yeah, the sexy bee steps out and you're uninterested. Uh, <laughs> Those bee legs are fuzzy. I don't know. Like, tickly tarantula. You'd probably be itchy. She kind of looks like that. What in the heck? Yeah, no, I'm out. Okay, so I had I had the mental picture of her correctly. I had it pretty close. Yeah. But pretty terrifying. I'm not a yeah. butt gal, apparently. <laughs> yeah. nah. they, they also have kind of like bee backs. Their backs, yeah. and, you know, their shoulders are still like fuzzy and white and uh, or yellow and red striped. Hollis Very isn't strange. really into that. Black. I cannot so. believe that just happened. That was not. <laughs> this episode that's just like became one the one with all the nat twenties, baby. Yeah, the one. It was already going to be the one where Sudi rolls well. But <laughs> the one with the will save. Now, for a moment, all of you feel this kind of this tickling sensation in the back of your minds. A moment of almost not quite vertigo, but this sudden confusion and rage what uh, before you just push it down you should not be here uh, uh, the woman glowers the other two their bows creak as they pull the arrows no, back no further. no we're 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 not here to we're not with the cult we actually hate them and would like I, to help you of them liars ground walkers no actually we're we've we're hunting down the, the cult. And we're looking for our friend. Sense motive. Mo- do they seem like they're ensorcelled? Uh, um, yeah, you can make a sense motive if you wish. <laughs> that I get a four on. For a 13. Uh, 16 for a 22. 16 for a 29. Nice. I mean, no. Their their vision seems to be clear. I uh, crud. I'm, I'm Masika of the Beckon. I used to come here with my father frequently. Why are you 
here. We we came through the Badlands to look for Teddy Sura, and then we saw evidence that the cult was nearby. So we came to warn you. Ob- obviously, we're too late. And they... Her um, eyes dart over the rest of the group. Th- these are my friends. We're helping her defeat the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, look, look here, oh. ma'am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Takes off her hat. Excuse you. I do take off my hat. We are simple travelers who are here to eradicate the cult, which you have fought because I see their explosion marks. Well, my friend pointed them out. And um, we are no friends of theirs. In fact, we could be friends of yours. And ultimately, you know, we're not trying to trespass. We're not trying to do nothing shady. Uh, we just wanted to warn you. And like my associate said, we are too late, which is unfortunate because we have unfinished business with him. He killed one of our friends. But if we can be assistance to you, we, we, we would, would love much to. rather do that. Anyone that wishes to may make me a diplomacy check. I'll give you a bonus. So it was good role playing. What is your bonus? Mine's an 11. Mine's I also said an 11. Anything, so I'm not going to be useful. How about we both make them? Can we both make them? Yeah, you can yeah. both make them separately. Okay. <laughs> Somebody can aid one or the other of you. I'll aid rage. That's why I'm glad I did that. I get an 18. Who's aiding who? I aid rage. I, no, I do it. I successfully aid. Oh, do I, I get to aid? All right, I'll try. I don't aid you. <laughs> okay, I get an 18. Uh, I rolled a 15 this for a 28. This is why I was like, let's roll separate. The nat 20 drained all my luck. It's true. <laughs> The Beckon are friends, and I do not know the self. I'm Alice. She's from Sothis. I'm Citra. I'm from Tefu. And this right here, this is Sudi. He is from Wati. We fought the cult in Wati together. And then again in Tefu. And, and then, and then Tefu. again in Tefu. And now we've been tracking them, trying to defeat them. And that's when we came across Masika and, and her tribe. And 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 Narmer. And she's been helping us track the cult. Throw down your weapons. Uh... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Sudi will raise yeah. his hands. Like Masika drops her mace that she has yet to draw. I gingerly <laughs> sit my belt of weird weapons I never use on the ground. I always, I always love the idea of that for adventures, though, because it's like, okay, dagger, kukri, kukri, crossbow, crossbow, five more daggers, scimitar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are, are we actually listing it off? Because it's going to sound a little something like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't have more. Yeah. I, I just have a mace and a crossbow, and it, I guess an armor is technically a weapon, but, you know. It always goes back to, uh, for anyone out there that has ever seen the uh, the romance scene for, uh, what was the name of the pirate uh, Isabella in oh, yeah. Age 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, her romance scene where it's just, it's like, okay, now it's time to get all hot and bothered, and so they start taking off armor, and then they just keep pulling more daggers out from somewhere and tossing them off to the side. <laughs> What did anyway. you say that was from? Dragon, Dragon Age 2. 2. Dragon Age 2. Okay, yes. I yes. Anyway, it's hilarious. Yeah, I'll see. Uh, kukri, Kukri, uh, Light Crossbow, another Kukri, a Hand Crossbow, and actually that's it. I mean, I've got five daggers, a Quarterstaff, <laughs> and Light Crossbow with bolts, so... I yeah. have a Quarterstaff, a Dagger, a Crossbow with bolts, and a Scimitar. And a gun that doesn't work. And a gun that doesn't work. <laughs> Would they even count that as a weapon? Would Don't know. Know? I just took off the whole belt that has all the weapons and like put it on the ground. Yeah, fair enough. I'm uh, a mace and a crossbow, and technically an armor, I guess. Yeah. I, Wait, I, you don't have a dagger? No. <gasps> you would have been dead. I can't. I can't do anything because I am a, a walking lethal weapon. <laughs> Shh. Not an armor. Okay. Yeah. Not the time for. Jokes. I'll stay quiet. I'll climb into this bag. Yeah, you do that. Goodbye, everyone. I hope you all meet again. Narmer! Don't let the bee people have you. <laughs> uh, 
She nods. Two of the soldiers step out. Crawling from the inside of the structure, two large bees just kind of skitter out, each one approximately the size of a horse. Wait, and they're real bees, not They're bee like people. legit bees. Oh, okay, giant bees. They're so cute. They kind of watch you with their adorable bee faces. I'm sorry, what are your bees' names? This is um, Buzz. <laughs> and Original. And Lightyear. <laughs> I was going Aldrin. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Bumble. Oh, that's, that's precious. They're precious. The two other soldiers collect her weapons. The woman lowers her halberd, which she'd been still keeping in a heft-ready position. Is that a halberd or a glaive? Uh, it might have been glaive. a glaive. I think it was yeah, glaive. Yeah, you said glaive earlier. Some sort of polearm. Follow me. All right. We do. My sister, like, glances back at her weapons, though, like, oh. I mean, the soldiers picked them up, so they're carrying them behind you. Okay. So they're not like they're just, just leaving them out, out there yeah. for yeah, somebody to, say, to pick I just up. just don't want them to be left. Just making sure. Take care of them. They were very expensive. Be careful. Yeah. There's a dwarf that would kill me if that weird thing got any more broken. They lead you inside. Through a vast space which opens at the center of the hive. Every surface etched with hundreds of hexagonal chambers that form an interlocking pattern across the floors, walls, ceiling of the chamber. The chamber itself is even hexagonal in design. Weird. This is so cool. You pass from there into a separate second room. Again, much in the same design, and off towards the side you can see more of these women, like the one that's leading you. They grab their weapons, they eye you suspiciously from within the hive. The entirety of the hive is somewhat alight. Everything in here has a soft yellow glow, as if the sun is just beating down and its light is filtering through the waxy exterior of the hive to illuminate the interior. So cool. Cool. From here, you're led forward into an expansive chamber. At one point, this chamber is probably beautiful in its both its symmetry and it's just this repeated hexagonal design, although the signs of battle in here are numerous. As if some sort of terrible battle was fought through this room. Oh my god. Yikes. Wax pulls here and there where it seems to have been melted from the surrounding wall and the damage to the structure seems to be such that they, you guess, are still attempting to repair. A single woman occupies this chamber. The woman is beautiful in resplendent garb. What seems to be a gold and turquoise pectoral, long white cloth wrapped around her that drapes down, and what seems to be a beautiful headdress which curves up and gives an odd combination of almost a an insect-like design to it, but also something almost a bird-like beak to the top of it, with a long mane of black hair which falls in thick braids around her face. She eyes you suspiciously. I'll cover that side, because that might be a bit of a spoiler over there, but she looks like that. That is rad! Cool. Nice. Weird, but cool. Her headdress is cool. She stands stock still, watching as you begin to approach. The two archers stand off towards either side of the door. The woman that led you, led you in nods and returns outside, although you can glance back and see that there are at least, at least four more of these bee people in that previous room. But that seems to be it. That's sad. This place looks to be large enough for dozens. Do I remember it being more populated? Oh yeah, there were at least 50-something people here before. I am Zazira. I am Citra. This is Masika, Sudi, and Hollis. Ma'am. We're sorry to meet you under these circumstances. Why have you come? We were hoping to come and warn you about the cult that was 
coming through, but uh, apparently we were too late. The masked humans. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're trying to track them down and... Well, Eradicate them. Pretty much. They crawl across the desert like dung beetles. Do you know where Seeking they- the fresh scent of death. Why did they attack you? They came here searching. Searching for what? They were looking for a tomb. Mm, probably the same tomb we're in search of. They believed it was in a rocky area. They were looking for bridges. Mm. Is that Rainbow? I was going to say, we had a, a hint that was like that. Across two bridges where the sphinxes ponder the cook, the crook, the scarab, and the sun. There it is. Okay. How would they have known about the bridges? They had on yours his journal. On yours didn't know that. Oh, yeah, no, know he that didn't. Part. They have Hakatep's soul. Yeah, but. Or they divined it. Hmm. Or scryed it out of us. I mean, who knows? Well, maybe if we read them the clue, maybe they'd be able to tell us where it's at. Mm. Do you know where the tomb is that they were in search of? No. We do not dig in the sand. Did they? Did any of them make it out of this fight? Most. Mm. They were powerful. Our queen refused them. They slew her. And our greatest soldiers. Only the workers remain. And I, I am seer here. Everyone can make a sense motive if you wish. Hmm. <laughs> I rolled a 19 for a 28. Uh, I rolled a 12 for an 18. 11 for an 18. Rolled a nat 20 for a 33. Nice. <laughs> nice. Citra, there's definitely more here. It seems like something that she wants to tell you, but seems hesitant. Something about the death of their queen. I'm very sorry to hear about what happened here. Um, Is there anything we can do to help you? I mean, was there something your queen would have wanted us to do? The party can make a diplomacy check. I get a nat 20 and aid I aid Citra. Citra. I also aid Citra. I rolled perfectly average. That's good, because I rolled a four. So I got a 27. Nice. Nice. Our queen is dead, and so our people are dead. We will not survive this. They took her. Is she actually dead, or is she charmed? She is dead. Who did they take? The next queen? The royal larva. Oh, no. Oh, no. He took her. Why? What did he look like? Luke Cage. (laughs) 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 Trying to make sure that's exactly who we're looking at. Tall and muscular. His face hidden by a mask. He rained fire from the sky. Yes. And lightning from his fingers. That's the same man that we are in search of. Do you know which direction they went? Perhaps we can retrieve the royal larva. Try to save your people if we can. Why? Because 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 the cultists need to be punished. Because it's the right thing to do. You are part of Osirian, and I made the promise to protect everyone in Osirian. Plus, that's just messed up. We should go get people back that's been kidnapped and return them to where they live. Exactly. This is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. 
<laughs> perhaps, perhaps you can succeed where our soldiers failed. We can try. They have hurt your colony. Repeatedly. They killed one of our best friends. Mm. There's an angry buzzing sound that comes not just from her, but echoes through this from the others nearby. <laughs> also, it's like, uh, okay. I'm in a hive full of giant bees. <laughs> just instinct me. <laughs> they make honey. That means they're fluffy butt bumblebees. I do love them a lot, actually. <laughs> yep, yep. Bumble is my favorite one. <laughs> she turns, reaches out to the wall behind her, and drags a long fingernail through what seemed to have been a marking or something on the wall. You can't see it from here. Hmm. Any of those of you who have spellcraft may roll it. I do. I roll averagely for a 28. 16. Okay. Uh, Citra, you have no idea. No. Uh, Hollis? I, I roll a 16 for a, a 29. Nice. Yeah, sorry, 29. Uh, Citra, you have no idea. Yeah, um, I'm still learning. Hmm? Hollis and Masika... She it looks to have just possibly destroyed a symbol spell. Hmm. Uh, one that she'd been blocking with her body this entire time, but could have easily <laughs> stepped out of the way. Oh, <laughs> hit us with that symbol of blasting. You know, that's smart. I like that tactic quite a bit. She turns back. I do not know where the cultists are, but I have had visions. They seek in the sand and the rock beyond here. They search here, but are lost. To the north they are. I sense two souls, two shadows. One serpentine, smooth, cold-hearted, coiled and slithering through valleys and crevices. The other terrible, golden, towering. The shadow is not a man's, but an angled thing. The pyramid. Oh. <laughs> oh. He sends beneath the sphinx whose eyes are closed and gone. Uh-oh. The sightless sphinx. I'm hoping he means like a rock, or she means a rock sphinx and not like... Was that from like... Uh -oh. That was a... Yeah, it was the ramblings of your grandmother. Um, yeah, yeah all the way back. The, the crypt of fire and the shadow of the sightless sphinx. Hmm. So that's where they're looking because the grandmother was the seer or whatever, but we have the actual location? Maybe. Is that well, what what's your understanding, Neptikufri and her grand and his grandmother never worked with the cult. They yeah. should know nothing of those prophecies. Which means that no, the only they reason would have them now because they're in on yours as journal. True. Yeah, so they they have that. They're looking for that location because it came in a you know a vision prophecy type thing. Yeah, because it talks about in defense of Wati, the lottery, the crypt of air, deeper into the dunes, shifting sands. The uh, Tomb of Chisisect, the Crypt of Fire, and oh, the Shadow of the Sightless Sphinx. Yeah, that was the first time we heard about Chisisect. Hmm. This is where they are north, scavenging in the desert, digging, always. But they're, they... they're not in the correct spot. Like, they're digging in that area so we could go there and get the Royal Arbor back but they're not in the correct spot for the actual tomb, correct? Uh, I don't know. 
And uh, speaking of uh, sphinxes, have have y'all seen Teddy Sura recently? Round, maybe. She came here when they attacked. She drove them off. Oh. Grievous wounds. Oh no. We tended her to health. Oh good. We could not aid her. She left. She is the defender of these places. She flew, as she put it, to cut off the head of the snake. Oh, Teddy's around. Oh, so she's probably there too. How long ago was that? Fifteen, sixteen days. Two weeks ago at least. Mm -hmm. Are you capable of using any means by which to contact her? No. Like some in bee swarms, though. Um, <laughs> of course. I'm cursing myself for not taking sending. You will save our new queen. We, we will are try. going to try. I'm not going to try and lie to your face and say that, yes, I can definitely do that. We can definitely do that. But we will try. We will aid you. We are most appreciative of that. Our warriors are gone, but... She makes her way over, picks up a large waxen jug, and returns back with it. This is Merope, sacred honey. Hmm. You are not gifted as we. This is not diluted as we would sell to the humans. Ah. But pure. She extends it with both hands. Citra gingerly takes it, wondering what the heck that means. With magic divinations, you can see, and this can aid you. Hmm. Uh, mechanically speaking, magic honey. You have gained 500 gold worth of marope. Wow, okay. Cool. Marope can be used as a material component for any divination spell. Oh. So instead of needing 25 gold of incense, you can just Have take a honey. dollop of honey. Take a dollop of honey and then go all crazy divining. Huh. We should maybe um, do some divination. Uh, spelling that M E R O P E. Yep. Okay. Like Marope Gaunt? Yes. I uh, don't know what that is. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, son. That's Voldemort's mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> And she makes her way, returns back. There's kind of a soft buzzing that comes up through the crowd. It doesn't sound angry. It almost sounds solemn or sad. Mm. She extends a smaller jar. Royal bee jelly. If you find the larva, this will aid in convincing her to join you and keeping her healthy until you can return her to us. Are we looking for... Hold on, not in character. Uh, would Hollis know if we're looking for, like, an actual baby or a young person? Or... I'm assuming they call their children larva, but I imagine now it's a I'm little baby sure. bee person. Yeah, I, f I have a feeling that they just handed us a bottle of formula. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it's basically a big bottle of formula. How yeah. little is this child is what I'm asking. Well, who knows Is this a that? baby Yoda situation? <laughs> <laughs> The child. Are we the Mandalorians now? I'm, I'm actually not 100% sure exactly <laughs> if this is like 
baby from the waist up and larva from the waist down. <laughs> Sudi doesn't want to be the papa. It, it takes a long time to learn how to walk. Here you go, Sudi. Time to be a bee papa. No. <laughs> it's your, your turn. Fear. Coming, Drew. Ew. I'm hoping for a little bee person. Why would he take a baby bee? Because it's the, the queen of the hive, and I bet you she has some sort of magic power or something mm. when she grows uh, up. Also, when she grows up, he'd be able to basically breed an army. Yeah. Like, bee people. Well, yeah, but create... they're all about charming. I guess That's so. Thing. Well, and they would all be loyal to the queen, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, you don't know if the rest of the cult's all about that, but that seems to be what he's Who's all you? about. Yeah. Kovac's a weird dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Narmer's going to be on babysitting duty. Oh, oh God. Stop <laughs> oh, irradiating the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit's okay. Not a lot. She makes her way back over. Lastly, this is a weapon of our people. She extends to you what appears to be an exceptionally well-crafted short bow. Okay. She takes this and then hands it to whoever's up front. I think Citra. I think Citra has been doing a majority of the diplomacy. Also, yeah. Citra is the only person proficient in a short bow. Yeah, I'm not yep. proficient in that. Oh. Even though I'm an elf, I gave that up. So it's all you. You probably do not have the strength of our warriors. Probably not. Uh, what is your strength modifier? 11, so okay. I have a zero. <laughs> you may stay, and we will reduce the draw so you may use this. I'm much obliged. She hands over what appears to be a beautifully carved juniper wood bow. The carvings wow. on it resembling a mass of bees or wasps, you can't quite tell, which cover the entirety of its surface. Wow, beautiful. Is that like a plus one bow or something? You may fire this at your enemies and bring pain and death to those who oppose you to keep your... She glances towards the other three. Colony safe. (laughs) Y'all are my colony. (laughs) We have rooms here. And honey, you may stay and rest. If If you'd like, I could help repair some of these walls while we're here. My people... Or taking care of it. Right. One of them spits up a glove of wax on the wall and starts like just ma- <laughs> mushing it mushing in it there. In. All right. They're expert builders. <laughs> God, <laughs> Sorry, they're so the weird. <laughs> but yeah, you're. Uh, they would help make you comfortable that evening in celebration of your arrival. Honey. Well, one, there's honey. <laughs> Two, while they seem to have been pretty serious up until this point, now that there's this, there's hope. hope. Sorry, pun intended. Buzz of excitement goes ah. through them as ah. they, uh, they realize that you may be here to to help. They treat you well that evening. They play beautiful musical instruments, mostly uh, percussion, and uh, they dance magnificently to the point that you have to stop Sudi from hopping up a couple times to go dance with the bee people. <laughs> ah, shake a booty. He, he can go dance with his, the bee people. Their hips I don't, don't lie. Wanna, I was going to say, I don't want to dance with the bee people. He can dance It's if it starts to go... Yeah, he can't just leave the room. You're not gonna yeah, exactly. Yeah. They put him on a leash. <laughs> I'm a cat on a leash, guys. I'm going boneless. Put him on one of those little cat harnesses. <laughs> pulling them back. One of us has um, to have eyes on Sudi at all times. It's not me because I notice nothing. <laughs> they would explain what the bow does for you. Okay. Uh, they're going to remove the draw from it, so that gets rid of the uh, plus five strength modifier necessary to pull no! it off. Wow! Sagira would have loved that bow! <laughs> yeah, Sagira would have been killing some folks with this thing. Oh. Uh, beyond that, though, it is still a plus two composite short bow. Oh, wow. Hmm. In addition to that, 
It fires bee arrows. Bee arrows. <laughs> it poisons everybody. Ooh. Paralytic poison would be cool. Once per day. It puts people in anaphylactic shock. <sighs> on a successful strike with a uh, with an arrow fired from your swarm bow. Swarm bow being the name of it. Swarm bow. The wielder can cause a wasp swarm to appear around the target <laughs> of the attack. Oh, man. Nice. As an immediate action. Oh, my God. I love oh, it. sick. I love it. Finally, that. the swarms will be on our side. Yeah, for once. sick in a wasp nest on, on Kabek. Yeah. Try making concentration uh, checks now. The wasp swarm does not move. It remains in the 10-foot square oh, uh, in which it arrives. Uh, it remains stationary and does not uh, pursue I'll fleeing creatures. I'll person first. It's fine. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. That's a great idea. Hold person in. Sting, 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 uh, But it does do its damage to anyone that ends its turn in that square. And uh, it remains for 1d4 plus two rounds. Wow. Nice. Seriously, oh. hold person or wall of cube of force or something. I have a wall of stone. <laughs> oh, oh, I just came up with the best use for it. Oh, no. Pit. Pit. And then B. You just shoot someone pit. with the. Yeah, you just like drop, it down drop them in a pit and then you just shoot an arrow down in there. Uh, and then, you have a pit full of bees. Really and then enjoy your popcorn. Uh, oh, man. And Comic yeah, deserves you, it. Yeah, are you comfortable down there? That's what happened to your Medusa. Too Except comfortable. For now you're shoot him stuck again. in the face, too. Yeah, you like it. It's a pit full of bees and acid. <laughs> Sadly, he would be able to fly out of it. Not that. when I just fell. Apparently, we're just going to be real mean to combat. I was going to say, we're planning like some serious revenge on him. All right. Curse of the Dragonfly, which with his flying makes his flying worse. Clumsy. And then he is stuck at the bottom because he won't be able to fly directly up. Do you have Curse of the Dragonfly? I bought it. I haven't ever cast it before, but I have it. Okay. It kind of does make me wonder, though. So if you put him in the pit, and then you do the wall of stone over it, and then the pit goes away, does he just, like, get squished in between whenever it disappears? I believe I'm, it would shunt him out. I am interested to see the result of this experiment. We need to do this for science, or whatever the magical equivalent of that is. Yes. It's science if you write it down. We'll write it down. <laughs> Carlos will write it down and publish it in a journal. Then it's real science. Uh, there you go. So there's lots of uh, happy, exciting music and all the rest of that here. It's basically, you know, the Ewok scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with anyway, bees. With bees, but with bee people Yay, dancing around. Can I pet the big bees? Uh, yes, you can pet the big bees. Oh, they are domesticated. They're so cute. Yep. <laughs> Jessica's inner druid is very I was going to say, seriously. They like, somehow make cute bee noises. I don't really know. They start to... <laughs> they buzz. Know. Yeah, they yeah. buzz. Like a buzz purr. It's so cute. Yeah, Two of them get on either side and start cuddling you. Hollis loves every moment of this. Until you get really, really hot. Yeah, they're trying to cuddle you to death. Stop <laughs> cuddling me to death. I'm not a queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a queen. You, you just like gently push them away and they're like, oh, okay, we're not doing that. All right. <laughs> I'm sad now. You've made me sad. They give you like really sad bee eyes. They have cute little bee butts. <laughs> I love little them. bumblebees. But uh, I suppose all of you rest up, awaken the next day, with at least some direction on which to go. We'll have to find Teddy Sarah later. We should use a divination. Oh, she's probably there. That's yeah, true. try divination again. Divination, uh, seemingly having exhausted this angle, unless you're planning on trying to go back and talk to the rock now. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> well, I was going to divination to find Tadasura. Yeah, we okay. have the, the honey that's supposed to help. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I suppose you'd uh, you wake up the next day, settle in, do your morning preparations and everything. Get a big thing of toast. Mm. Layer it with a whole bunch of magical divination honey. Begin chomping down on that and preparing your spell. Uh, and we will pick it up here 
dun, dun, next week. Next time. Everybody go next get some honey. <laughs> I mean, honey, you know, uh, I could really actually honey. go for some like nice honey tea. Oh, honey yeah. sounds so good. Honey makes all tea better. I have honey. It's it's very good. Yeah, yeah. It was always good. Just uh, as Popeye's getting some of their biscuits. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.